Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, 118, it looks like. 118, yeah. I've been, been doing a really terrible job between getting COVID and traveling around for my other job. I've How dare missed you? a couple weeks, but we should be locked in for the next three weeks. I'll be in Mexico the next two, but... I hear they have the internet down there, so we're going to be broadcasting from the beach. Ha ha, suckers. We're going to start, we're going to start the show with... <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure that'd be very, uh, For all welcome. our Mexican friends. Yep. It's everyone's Indeed. favorite song down there, I hear. That's what I heard. I'm looking forward to going. So there's a, there's a chance, Tom, that we might actually get stuck down there. Really? Because, well, you don't have to take tests to get in COVID tests to get into Mexico, mm. but you have to take them to get back into the U.S. Oh, right? so you're gonna bring go. some vials of COVID with you? No, even better than that. See, apparent what I'm learning is that it, even if you've been through it, you can test positive on these PCR tests sometimes for a month Months, or so yeah. afterwards. Right. So for $110, I bought trip insurance that has mm. COVID mm. quarantine coverage. So I thought you were going to tell me you brought a whizinator. Well, yeah, I don't think they I don't think they do COVID <laughs> pee tests, but it's a great great idea, Tom. Let me get a pen and write that down. No problem. So I, if if things go according to plan, we may get a free vacation on the insurance company. Pretty good That's deal, true. huh? I like it. I'm happy for you. I can't think of a better place to get stranded than Isla Mujeres, Mexico. If you've never been there, it's just fabulous. And you actually Magnificent. think they're going to pay you, right? Well, there's always that. Yeah, the thing about insurance. I mean, you file a claim. Uh, one thing I've learned is it takes about three and a half years to uh, to collect if you get lucky and are able to collect. Well, I, you know, I am a little concerned because I went with a Turkish company because the prices were cheaper. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. I, actually, I don't think it'd be any worse than any other company. <laughs> no, probably won't. Probably not. <laughs> hey, Mike. hey, at least I'll have something to be indignant about for three years. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mike, that's uh, a little bad, little bad news for you. I uh, can't really talk much about it, but I've had a course in, uh, excuse me, a case in the system now for eight and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't shock me, but eight and a half years, it does sound, that sounds a little extreme. Now, is that because di- when Dave Ryan called you bad name, is that what it was? Yep. <laughs> yeah, Defamation case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, no. I had a very simple thing, you know, I, I as you know, I, I left the morning show because I needed to catch up on about 30 years of lost sleep. Right. So I, I you know, I just not knowing really what was going to happen, but I just assumed it would be a smooth process. I filed a claim uh, with Met Lai, as I call them. Wonderful people, but, you know, I naturally have to satirize this because otherwise I would have gone insane. And uh, <laughs> Big Snoopy really is, is a more timely term. Big Snoopy. And, uh, and, and then, I, then that was when I started to discover that if I got lucky and the judge found in my favor... It would still be like close to four years before I kind of could could ever have collected on anything. Oh, and as yeah. it turned out, a, a judge did find in my favor, and four years later, I collected. I I knew it was a kind of a kind of a ominous sign when when I found out that that the insurance company's lawyer's last name was Hitler. 
<laughs> was what? <laughs> yeah. Well, two T's, to be honest. Oh, well, oh, okay. That was the French well, actually, spelling. was a very nice guy, and he was a good lawyer. I mean, he was, I, you know, but anytime I tell people that, they say, well, well, why? And I just got them off. I say, I don't know why. I don't know, man. I have no idea. You know, I mean, yes, because I would have, too, but. Mm-hmm. You know, but Mike, I have to. I respect that. I got to be honest with you that I, I I haven't seen her in years now, but I met her over at KSTP when I did voiceover there. It's a nice Jewish girl, and her last name was Gittler. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, it's got to be a little sure. uncomfortable. That's pretty close. I think that's a kind of a common name, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I, I guess it I is. I mean, I don't know any, but it's a Jewish name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was all about, but she was very nice. Very Are we going to run uh, Mike Bryant's ad? Yeah, we oh, probably yeah. Let's, should. Uh, we'll do a quick commercial. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right to. back with uh, Polly from who's been holding patiently with some car questions, mm-hmm. phoning in from St. Cloud, if memory serves correctly. We'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. During Mike's commercial, I had I knew this name, Gittler, sounded familiar. Ira Gittler uh, was a famous American jazz historian. He wrote or co-wrote the Encyclopedia of Jazz with Leonard Feather. If you're a jazz oh, fan, Leonard go. Feather is a big deal. So hmm. I knew that name was familiar. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think we actually might have one more ad to play. Uh, it's an older ad, though. Now lurking inside specially marked five packs of Kraft macaroni and cheese is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> It's a plus keychain of Sully or Mike, two stars of the Disney Pixar movie Monsters Incorporated. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't tell me not to panic. You can collect them both in Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Laugh it up, Andy. <laughs> it's courtesy of the chat. So that was a... Uh, we were talking about that yesterday, I think. Yeah, because Andy and Alex finally loved their father after I did a Kraft Macaroni and Cheese national commercial. They must have thought you monster. were a god. So they did. care about... Although Monsters Inc., I was I had to have been like 15 by the time that came out. Wasn't yeah, I? you were a young, long 15. Time, uh, well, yes, that's true. Oh, yeah, I was exactly 15. Polly's been holding patiently. Uh, Polly, are you still there? Yes, sir, I'm still here. Excellent. Um, you had some automotive questions, you said. Yeah, can I? Um, I don't know if Gelfand's still there or not. But, oh, sure. Um, sure. Um, I have to start. I have to start this with. Um, kind of preface what I'm going to ask um, is I had a lot of I have mental health issues and the first person I've ever really heard 
ever on the radio. I mean, you keep you know you're with these guys every morning. <laughs> it seems like, and um, Delphi was always really open about it, and that um, inspired me to be able to be more. Yeah, open you know, I, I give a lot of credit to both Tom and our program director Dave Dave Hamilton because I don't think people uh, Tom you you know better than I would, but I don't recall anyone in local radio or television. You know who was who was on the air ever discussing the mental health issues of their own and, and nope. their families. No. Nope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah we, and, uh, we did a lot. Of... I was a little. I was a. I was basically a little kid when I was hearing this stuff. Oh, not a little kid. I young adult, maybe. Um, I don't know um, exactly what to say, but Mike, um, while you sharing that, that really helped me be able to. To um, be honest about myself, and then when Tom did his thing too, um, that's when I started calling in here. Um, Indeed, yeah, so that was really that was really life changing for me. I mean, I never met any of you guys before, but it seems like I know you. So, yeah, just because you shared your stories, um, I appreciate that. So, so my story was. Um, the um, other day, I, um, I I went off the rails and I started using again. And um, one of the things I have to do now is they call it behavioral contract with my outpatient treatment that I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. Is that I have to go in person on Mondays, so I have to drive from St. Cloud to Monticello, and I'm afraid my car isn't going to work. Um, you know, it's not reliable enough. I have a 2,100 Accord. And, um, but my brother, he's kind of a big shot tire guy or <laughs> automotive guy. And he said that as long as I keep fluids in it and keep the tire pressure, uh, the tires are all pretty much new. Um, it will be safe to drive. Um, would you agree with that? Or Well, as a, a dad of... Uh, four, well, now they're in their early 20s, most of them, but teenage drivers. I had three of them in different versions of uh, early 2000s Honda Accords. And they were all, I think they only came in silver. I, they must have had a special. Is yours a silver as well? Yeah, I think See, they I call know. it champagne. But, yeah. it's, <laughs> so it's yeah. golden silver. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there, there, it's a it's a champagne car with whiskey plates on it. There you go. Um, go figure. Right? Um, but so. now, do you have the four cylinder or the six cylinder? I have the six cylinder. All right, I want to look um, up something only, really quickly, and then the I'll give you my advice. The only issues I really had with it is that it's a little bit. I had to put in. A, why did the um? I don't know what they call it, like a serpentine belt, like a, a timing, timing belt. Timing belt. I, that's exactly what I was looking up because that's the weak link of the of the car that you have. Uh, later Accords right. uh, went to a timing chain, right and those last longer than we will. I mean, th- there'll be dinosaurs on the earth again before those things start breaking. But the belts, I think you have to do them every 90,000 miles, and if you don't do that and they fail, the, the car's done. It takes the motor out, and a 20-year-old Honda, it's not worth fixing. But other than that, I think your brother's right. They are very, very simple and super reliable cars. When when they do break, they're really easy to get parts for, and they're easy to fix. So it's... Uh, 
Have you got to drive a 20-year-old uh, ride yeah, around to get to, uh, to uh, you know, therapy and stuff like that? I, I think you got a good choice, and you did the one most critical thing, really, other than make sure the brakes work so you can stop. But Oh, I just did them, too. <laughs> I did them myself. Boy, that kind of sucked. The um, front brakes aren't so bad, but the back ones, you have to, like, they have that thing where you have to turn them in. Um, oh, do they have drum, yeah, that was drum, brakes, drum brakes in the back? Yeah, yeah, those are a pain in the ass. Something like that. Yeah, you have to like turn the. I, I was using all my woodworking skills yeah. to try to compress the cylinder, and and it turns out that you just have to have this tool to turn it in. But the problem is all those wheels are all rusty. I mean, they were easy to work on when the car was brand new back I when replaced. George Bush was president. But twenty years later, it's a little right. a little oh. bit more of a challenge. Doug, you want to hear some good news? Of course. Um, um, I had the aluminum rims on there. Tires were leaking all the time. Mm-hmm. And and um, so I put steel rims on it, and I got um, different tires on it. So the, that's not the problem. My concern was was mostly about, um, was about it, um, leaking fluids. But um, I think that, but my brother, I think, was right. He said if he put if he put um, air in the tires, he he told me that he's had so many people in his shop over the last several weeks because of um, driving around with low tires. Yeah. Where the the tire will fail, and then they have to come in there and whatever, you know, have it replaced with a brand new tire. But he said just keep keep airing them, and um and keep. Keep an eye on the fluids, and you can drive that old car forever. Yeah, I think he's right. There's no more. I don't, bad I don't remember, anymore. but I don't know if your one has uh, low pressure uh, warning lights or not. It might not have it, so you just have to check them manually. And it's a problem up no, here I, when it, it gets really cold. Right. Yeah. So I just hope that um, other people that have to drive around older cars can get this information too. Yeah, and that's great, Paulie. I, I have some. I have some information for you that I think you could use. There was a uh, TV show okay. that I watched with my wife last fall. Now I've never been through uh, treatment, although there have been times when I thought I probably should have. Uh, but it was it was a really touching and super funny TV show called Louder Milk. It's uh, named after the guy who runs. He's a re, he's in recovery and he runs a group and he's like the crabbiest guy in the world. It's really funny and it's really touching. Yeah. So if you get a chance, it might be the kind of thing to lift your spirits a little bit with what you're going through. Yeah. Uh, what's yep. his name? Ron. Yeah, no. What's his name? I can never. I can't remember his name. He was the star of The Office. Not not yep. the uh, Office Space. Office Space, right? Uh, louder. Oh, I Ron Livingston. Ron yeah. Livingston. Yep. There you go. Yep. He is the. Yeah, he's like he's the crabbiest. <laughs> he's the crabbiest uh, uh, alcohol counselor known to man. He just swears at people all the time and tells them they're stupid. And it's it's. But he's but he's also you know there's some some moments of wisdom in there like in all great shows. Can you share? A, a, I don't know if you're able to or not because of privacy stuff. But you told me a a story one time about um, about people like hallucinating and stuff when you worked at the um, oh sure before you started your job. As long as you don't have any personally identifying information, you yeah. can share any stories you want. Yep, that's right. No, and for those that don't know what Paulie's talking about, I, I 
before I got into the car business, and this is the very end of the 70s through the first few years of the 80s, I worked as a mental health counselor in uh, United Hospital back when they used to have locked psychiatric units. So I don't remember which particular story you're talking about because hallucinations were pretty much a, a mm -hmm. pretty common thing then. Some of it was actually funny. Some of it was really, really sad and scary. Yeah, that's why I was um, that's why I was afraid to go to the um, to go to the hospital. Um, I know that you have experience in this dog, but um, I was afraid to go because I was afraid of the consequences. And then I just eventually realized. I said, "Man, these consequences now. I mean, my blood pressure has been two hundred and something over one hundred and twenty for a week straight." Mm -hmm. You can stroke out real easy. Yeah. Like, That's not good. And the, and the, the, the oh, biggest right. thing that uh, short-term uh, hospital stay can do for people that have, you know, really advanced alcoholism, when they decide to quit, sometimes they go cold turkey and your body just freaks out. Yeah, it's yeah, that's slow, that's yeah. what the DTs, delirium tremens are. You think there's bugs all over you. You're oh, actively hallucinating. So if you've had that, it, it's amazing. There's, you know, relatively minor... Uh, drugs they can give you, and Valium's one of them, yep. that really takes the edge off for a couple of days so your body can go, whoa, okay, I guess we're not doing the handles every day. Mm -hmm. Life's different. Um, we're, we don't have bugs all over us. But I, I've seen people go through that, and it's got to be just absolutely terrifying. Yeah, you know, and one of the earlier time I called in, um, there's another person that calls in here quite a bit, that he said that he was looking at the carpet and the bugs are crawling. He's like, okay, that's enough of that <laughs> type of thing. Um, I think he's a, a person from a different state. I, I, I don't want to identify him, but I, we have but a few, yeah, we have a few uh, regular listeners that call in that are you know going through recovery in various phases, and some are you know really doing great, and other people are having setbacks and still fighting through it. And that's it's you know. It's, Nothing wrong with that. And it's so like, and like what you said about Mike Gelfand doing this 20, 25 years ago, the more common it becomes for people like you to tell their stories, the, I think the easier it is on the rest of the people that are scared, too, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, you got to break through the scourge the, the, uh, and the, uh, the shame and, uh, and the stigma, of course. And it, it always surprises me. I don't know why, but it always surprises me. When I when I talk to people in the mental health field and and they they're saying that especially working with kids you know that that the stigma is is a real thing and it's almost as bad today as it was I don't know maybe a decade ago and it it boggles my mind because I I would have thought there was so much progress but it comes very slowly. Yeah. Uh, uh. Hey, Mike. Hey, Galfan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, I, I, I just, I admire you so much, um, for, um, doing that way back then. Without you, I wouldn't have been able to, um, be open about stuff. I mean, I, I started being open about it a long time ago and it takes a long time for this yeah. to, you know, progress and for it to, for it to find change, but. You're a pioneer in this. I mean, you're like Jim Ramstead, Paul Wellstone, you know. It, it didn't appear, you know, when I started that. talking about it, it, it didn't It didn't seem to me like it was such a big deal or that. It, you know, I, I can't say it took any great amount of courage because 
I grew up in a family with a, a lot of mental health issues. And uh, as you probably know, if you've heard me over the years, so it all, you know, and it, it is true that when you grow up in a family like that, it takes a long time to before you realize that that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normal is just uh, sitting on a on a wash machine is one of the things I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what is normal? Uh, a normal person is someone you don't know very well. This is true. <laughs> that's brilliant. And this is true. Oh, that's pretty profound. <laughs> Did you just come up with that, or is that a, a bullet that's been in your holster for a while, Mike? I, no, I, you know, I've said that over the years, okay. yeah. We have Joe on the no. phone now. You know what? We should probably take a quick break because I think not we're 20-some minutes in. Polly, thank you very much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot, Polly. Um, and Joe, if you can, can I just hang, hang on. Can we'll I get... hang on for a while? I guess it's up What's to that? Andy. Is it okay if I just hang on and listen? I mean, I don't see Can why I not. Hang on and Yeah, no, that's fine. We're going to take a break, and then we'll okay. get to uh, Joe from Louisville. Mm-hmm. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's special square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. I love that. There, there aren't very many things that I played that I like to listen to, but that outro from that, that's Jimi Hendrix's third stone from the Sonic. It's 
particularly proud of that. We're back with the second half of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. It's listener Colin Day. Uh, we've got Joe from Louisville on the line. What's happening down in the sunny south? Ah, it's raining cold. <laughs> well, well at, at least it's not ten below. Here. Yeah, what's cold? Well, you also you also under, have to understand these people aren't used to this kind of weather down mm-hmm. here. They're freaking out. Yeah, I, bet I just don't break out the hockey gear, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, reason I'm calling is I believe I am the one that Polly was talking about um, going through DTs when I started uh, detoxing. Mm. I, I, I thought that was tr- true as well, but I didn't. And, and out of respect to you, I didn't want to d- didn't want to say that. It's hey, something man, you can be- share. It's not really up. It's not really appropriate for me to go. Well, I'm pretty sure that's Joe from Louisville. Well, by, by all means, if you if you think it's me, let them know. You know? All right, man. Let them get in touch with me. You, you guys know that I've been very open with my alcoholism. Alcoholism. Um, I went into treatment about four years ago. It didn't take. Uh, I thought I knew better, and I got bit slapped down to earth. And I went through treatment again last about a year ago now, and I've been sober for 15 months. That's terrific. I remember when you, uh, you, I think you posted your one-year chip on Mm -hmm. Facebook a little before Christmas. It must have been around Thanksgiving, if I remember right. That was cool. But uh, you know, it's 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 a struggle. It's a daily struggle. Um, I've got two liquor stores around here that will deliver. I've got a liquor store that's attached to my grocery store, and you just you, you got to keep you know, keep your face forward, keep your eyes forward, and you know look at the goal. The goal is to stay away from it. Yep. Uh, Tom, you might be able to verify this, and I don't know if it's urban legend or not, but I've heard this from over the years from many people that right outside of uh, uh, Hazelden in the bar in Hugo, there's a place that uh, will trade sobriety chips for drinks, and they've got them on the wall. Is that, do you, have, you, have you ever heard that before? I have heard of that, absolutely. I've never been there. I've never seen it, but I've heard that many times, and they claim it's true. I just, I, I I've think heard just, people say that they that they actually went there after treatment. Well, so, that just sounds evil. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of a sociopathic Yeah, uh, for thing, real. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Man. So whatever uh, Andy, bar that is in Hugo, you suck. Yeah. Andy, let if me ask you a question, exist, Andy. That is. Okay. Quick question for Andy. Uh-huh. How does it feel being the only non-booze hound on the air right now? <laughs> well, I, mean, I did just have a kid. Things might have changed. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> He's got a point there. But it's no, true. I can. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but I do. I can say that we just went through something very tragic related to alcohol in the family and it was a very yeah very uh very very rough decline so if you ever want to get scared straight just uh you know hang out at the hospital because you'll see it happen eventually you're never going to want to touch alcohol again after that and and, uh polly um let me just say that you do Consequences of not going will be more detrimental than going. Absolutely. Um, I, when I went to basic training back in the mid-90s, my drill sergeant told me one thing. 
that has stuck with me every single day of my life ever since. And that was, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. I'd rather you know, have, I'd rather be this too shall pass than he has passed. Yep. My urologist told me that. God, shut up, you pickle. <laughs> pass. He didn't say it would be easy. <laughs> God. Right. One thing, Polly. I will tell Polly this, and I hope uh, when you when you end up going to group, because you know I, I went to group for a while there after I I gave up drinking many many years ago. <clears throat> Do you mind if I tell a quick story about uh, about our group and a woman reading her her goodbye letter to her boyfriend? No, Tom. I don't know if you know this, but you've only been on the air for thirty five years. Nobody wants to hear your damn stories. Yeah, you're probably right. I'll but, just pipe. We'll just make an exception one. for this one. I have never told us on the air, and you'll find out why, okay? So I'm over, and I'm just going to meetings after, right? Because I never actually went through Spin Dry. I went through, uh, through a different kind of program, and it, it worked great for me, and it was wonderful. But I'm sitting in a group, and there are 10 of us in there, and there's this very pretty young woman and a very, very well-dressed older woman. You could tell that she was from a lot of dough. You could just tell the way she dressed and all that. And the young woman announced that she wanted to read her letter to say goodbye to her boyfriend because uh, he broke up with her because of her drinking, and now she's recovering, and he won't get back together with her, so she's going to read her goodbye letter to him. And um, so we're sitting there, and the older woman said, Tom, could you do me a favor? And I said, um, sure, no problem. She said, would you hold my hand? Because if this gets sad, I don't know if I can, I can sit through this without some support. I said, no problem. So I'm, my left hand is holding her right hand, and the young woman starts to read the letter. And she, of course, begins to cry immediately. And she gets to one part, and I will never forget the reaction of the older woman to me, looking at me, and she went like, oh, like that, right in the middle of the meeting. Because the young woman was reading the letter, and she began to cry more and more and more and more. And then a little bit of anger snuck in there, and she literally, in front of all ten people and the counselor, said, And I don't understand why you ever left me. You told me I gave the best blowjob you've ever had. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it is the cornerstone of every good relationship. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it Jeez. Read that one in group, huh? She read that right in front of group, and the old lady, honest God, she flinched, and then she squeezed my hand. She almost broke my hand, for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have have a funny therapy story that I can share. Paulie just reminded me of this when he said, yeah, I know you used to work and can't name names. Um, One of the common uh, uh, problems that we would treat were people that had, they used to call it manic depression, bipolar affective disorder, um, and usually it's not an even thing, so you don't go, most people that have bipolar either lean towards the manic side or the, the depressed side. And the ones that lean towards the mania could really, when they get off their meds, they could really get grandiose and kind of nuts. Well, we had a, <clears throat> I won't say who she was, but her relative was a famous 19th century railroad baron in St. Paul uh, who has a really big house kind of near the cathedral. So you know uh, the family I'm talking about. And she was higher than a kite, and we were getting her back on her meds, and she was get, getting better. All of a sudden, one day around dinner time, there's a knock at the door, and so I, me and a couple of the other counselors go over, and it was four guys from Byerly's 
with a complete lobster dinner for the entire psych ward. I mean, we got 25 oh, patients and wow. five people there. A little now, bit of money. You would think that, well, it was a little bit of money. Yep, mm-hmm. she, she, she could afford it, obviously. Here's the problem. Um, on a locked psychiatric unit, there are no... Um, Sharp objects. <laughs> All right. And I was the only one like an otter? having uh, grown up uh, working on a lobster boat. I knew how to shell lobsters with my bare hands. I did them for all 25 people. God, it took forever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I hadn't thought of that in, in a million years. But <laughs> We have amazing. Tire Carver on the phone Uh-oh. now. Nothing but trouble. Tire, what's happening? Yeah. Not much. I just wanted to tell uh, Joe and Paulie stick with it because the options really suck. I uh, unfortunately had to, like Andy, put a good friend in the ground about a week and a half ago for oh, yeah. drinking himself there. I will say this. I have so, seen more people die of it than get over it. So it's very important yeah, to, yeah, you got to get over it or else you, uh, you don't last too long. Oh, when I, when I made it to my year, is, I was... Say again? Go ahead. I said, when I made it to my year, people told me that it was a great accomplishment because not many people will can make it to a year. Absolutely. Not many people will make it to a year. Mm-hmm. Not many people yep. want to make it to a year. I have, to well, have my, another my buddy went through Go it ahead, 10 years ago. And, no problem. He went through it about 10 years ago. Um, I mean, hospitalized for everything shutting down and miraculously, you know, walked to the hospital, started drinking about three months after he was out and told me flat out, oh, we had, our, I mean, we had battles, you know, being, you know, you're just going to kill yourself doing this. He, he told me flat out he'd rather drink than uh, be dry, you know. Mm. He'd rather die of alcoholism than to live, live without booze. And I was like, whoa, that's got your hooks. Yeah. And now for Doug's funny story. Well, I was going to tell about our friend Tom (laughs) Ryan, who's been on the show a couple of times. Paul Walzer's cousin, and he's a good friend of mine, just a great guy, and he tells great great stories. He recently celebrated 41 years. Now, he and Paul Walzer grew up together. They were tight as tigers, and about within a year or two of the same age. And Paul told him, he goes, you know, and and Tom wasn't much of a drinker. He had a little bit of a heroin addiction problem in his early 20s. Yeah, which is not, not a good thing. No. His cousin Paul told him, "You know, it's quite an accomplishment. The over/under on you was 90 days, and nobody took the over." (laughs) (laughs) Now only guys can talk to each other that way, right? That's true. Well, I mean, I don't think you get into a heroin thinking this is a long-term investment. Well, yeah, I don't know what the problem was. It just. And he recognizes that about himself. He still goes to meetings every week. He runs a men's group. I mean, he's still involved in the process. And uh, it's just been, he goes, you know, I look down and it's been 41 years. And it's it's good. Yeah, i got to tell you something very, very quickly here. Um, some people were talking about this, that, and the other thing. And they're like, you know, Tom, you're a very intimidating person. And, you know, some people have a little, get a little edgy around you. And I just want you to know that uh, there's some concern about, you know, because you come across as pretty gruff. I said, really? You should have known me when I drank. <laughs> I will tell you that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so there you go. I was a lot gruff when I used to drink, I'll tell you that. It's like the old used car salesman joke. You think you, think you hate it now? Why do you drive it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just, you know what I really like? The fact that all these people are calling in, that we got five, six, seven, eight people, whatever it is, involved in this conversation. And all it's going to do is help people because if the seven of us can go through it or the four of us, I, I guess, that were involved in it. Look, I'll tell you again, if I got through it, you'll get through it. You don't have to drink yourself to death. You can get through it, and it's not that big a deal. Yeah, you have days. Believe me, I'm in radio. I got a lot of days I'd still like to pick up this <laughs> wheel. <laughs> Believe me. But uh, you just you go, eh, that's not really the answer. It, it, after a while, it just kind of goes away, and you go, I, that's, that's not even an option anymore. It will go away eventually. I don't care if it takes eight, nine, ten years, but it will go away eventually. Hey, man, I'll be going back into automotive on Monday. How do you think I'm going to be with it? <laughs> That's right. Back at work, baby. Back at work. But I do like the fact that you guys all call in and we talk about this and we try to help other people. Because all you're doing is helping other people by talking about this. I think if you help yourself, yes, but you're, you're helping a hell of a lot of other people, too, which I think is wonderful. I hate it. This is actually supposed to be an hour-long commercial for selling cars, and we haven't done anything about that. Well, we I'm can talk kidding. about drunk you know driving if you want. Yeah, the less drunk driving there is, no, the not, better. No, you know I'm so, completely right. kidding. I just I hate car commercials as much as the next person. And this is much better. You're right, Tom. It does. Uh, it helps people. Yeah. Mike Gelfand, 25 but years ago, did you ever think that somebody would be calling in from St. Cloud going, man, you really helped me when you talked about that stuff way back then? I think that's really cool. Well, it's, it's, as I said, you know, it's all about breaking through that stigma, which is uh, especially important when you're dealing with kids because mm-hmm. uh, they they take things a little bit harder than, than adults do typically, and also it's easier to uh, to get better when you're younger. A guy, uh, a guy over at the, uh, at the University of Minnesota who was a, a suicide expert uh, told me that um, dealing with kids Suicide is a, uh, and I hate to bring up the word, but hey, you know, it's there, right? It's lurking there somewhere. Sure. And and, and you got to break through that stigma, too, and say, yeah, you know, people people do have those feelings. Uh, and, of course, I know too much about it, having lost a brother to suicide. But the, the guy from the U said, you know, for kids, uh, suicide is a, is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a good way to look at it, as I say, especially with kids, because, you know, they've got their whole life ahead of them, but they can't see past the depression. And, hey, that's, that's where support comes in. Well, it's about the end of the show. I don't know how we're ever going to get any better than this. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks to the three guys that called in. <laughs> And it's incredibly helpful, and it's really it's quite an honor that you that, and I know this sounds like hand wringing, but I, I will say it anyway. It's an honor that you share these stories about the struggles that you're going through, and and the victories that you've had as well. I think that's important to hear too. So, thank you very much. We'll be broadcasting next week live from the beaches of Mexico. Uh, I will be sober, mm-hmm. uh, at least during, rough. at least during the broadcast. Um, and that wraps up Walzer Automotive Group's car selling secrets.